0: latest on an alleged plan to assassinate Donald Trump. This man, grabbed by police at a packed rally in Las Vegas, and ABC's Pierre Thomas has new details in Washington. Weighing up the mood of conservative America in a gun show in West Virginia, among the rifle racks and ammunition, there's anger and dark talk of looming conflict. Rand Paul was allegedly assaulted at We are witnessing a radicalization of libertarians all across the country. Dear viewers, we have just received word that Libertarian Death Squad is taking over. We've got to take our We're country back. Oh! He also warns that civil war could be on the way back. There like you had a is rapidly spreading. virus has reached Australia. The legend is not the only one. Robert Brown sells vintage guns from the 19th century. Somebody's says. got to do something about Antifa.
1: Her son, 19-year-old Horace Lorenzo Anderson, was shot and killed inside the then-cop-free zone that persisted for weeks on Capitol Hill.
0: Is yes. the of Afghanistan now inevitable?
1: No, it is not.
0: It's taken just four weeks for that statement to be proved so um, spectacularly and alarmingly wrong. Reality, thousands of miles away, is now on yet. China urging it for not we're to, travel to, we're we're it to travel abroad. It struggles to here. contain the virus. We will be standing up That's Christmas arm as a quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Go Brandon, I agree. Hey, by the
1: way, we're now banned from entering the country.
0: Christmas arm amongst drywall areas. Name three things that don't hang
1: themselves. That's what the Americans people thanks. Good morning. Welcome back to Inside Four Walls. I am, of course, your host, James Madison. And today we're going to be talking about the federal government's response to losing the town square, you could say. Joe Biden has added a new bureau to the Department of Homeland Security. This bureau is called the Ministry of Disinformation. Or, as everyone else has been calling it, the Ministry of Truth. This was announced about a day after Elon Musk bought, well, outright bought Twitter. And it was officially made a part of the government just a few short days ago. And it gets kind of funny when you see who's actually running it. The former lead singer of a band called the Moaning Myrtles, a largely popular Tumblr band. God damn, I'm saying Tumblr and it's not making a joke about how irrelevant Tumblr is. Though, on uh, side note, Tumblr has seen its user uh, user base shoot back up like 112% since Elon took over Twitter. So it looks like my prediction about uh, Twitter coming... Uh, becoming more red pills and a lot of people running back to Tumblr, what's accurate, but that's enough about that. Let's stick on to today's story. So the Ministry of Truth, who's running it, what its purpose, and what has happened in just its first four and a half days of existence. That and more on this morning's episode of Inside Four Walls with your overly caffeinated host, James Madison. Without any further ado, let's get right into it. Now, you guys know, Washington Examiner is my favorite publication to read. It is a right-leaning slash center uh, publication. It has the right lean on it. It has decent rating with NewsGuard. And it's uh, in the center-to-center-right category on Ground.News. But we're going to go to its slight inverse. Newsweek. Now, Newsweek is so hit and miss. It used to be a uh, publication I read a lot, where right there with The Guardian, but then they start having bents, kind of like The Hill did. The Hill really started to show its true colors at the end of the election season in 2020. The Guardian and Newsweek really had a lot of mask-off moments for me that made me lose interest in them. But... I want to go to a left source for this, and the reason I say Newsweek is the inverse of Washington Examiner is Washington Examiner, as I've already stated, is right leaning, with like a center to a right lean. Newsweek is a center to a left lean. There's a lot of similarities. Uh, in the older days of the podcast, I used to pretty much use Newsweek and Washington Examiner as a side-to-side on the same story. But without any more ranting, let's get into this article from Newsweek. Joe Biden's disinformation board likened to Orwell's Ministry of Truth by John Jackson. We have a clip here. Let's see. We have a video here on the site of Tulsi Gabbard, who appears to be on Hannity for where this clip is coming from. I, again, just for clarification, I only have the context of the clip that's provided to me by Newsweek. You feel about
0: the Ministry of Truth?
1: Uh, This is the kind of thing that you see in dictatorships. This ministry of truth, this department of propaganda that the Biden administration has just stood up. And the reason why you see this in dictatorships is because they're afraid of
0: us. They're afraid of the people. They're afraid that we might actually think for ourselves.
1: Conservative politicians and commentators are criticizing the Biden administration for creating a new bureau to fight the spread of disinformation online. Several of these critics have compared, it unfavorably, to The Ministry of Truth, a fictional department in George Orwell's dystopian novel 1984, and I would like to take this opportunity to remind all politicians and aspiring politicians that 1984 was not an instruction manual, and I'd also would like to encourage people to quit referencing a no book they have not read, though this is completely apt, don't get me wrong, on Wednesday... Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas testified during a budget hearing of the House Appropriations Subcommittee on Homeland Security that a disinformation governance board had recently been created to fight the spread of disinformation on the Internet during a Thursday press briefing. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki acknowledged the board's existence and noted that President Joe Biden supported it. Psaki said she couldn't provide many details other than saying the Bureau would monitor misinformation on topics such as COVID-19 and elections. Critics say the Bureau is another example of the government trying to police free speech on the internet. This has led to some comparisons to 1984's Ministry of Truth, the protagonist of Orwell's classic, Winston Smith work in the Ministry, a governmental department that controls information coming from news, entertainment, arts, and education. Smith's role at the Ministry is to correct historical records to align with the messaging of Big Brother, the leaders' symbols of the novel's ruling totalitarian party. Republican Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas, or Arkansas if you want to get a ticket for saying it in the state. Oh, side note it is illegal to mispronounce Arkansas in Arkansas. Anyway, Republican Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas was among lawmakers who condemned the bureau on Twitter while likening it to Orwell's fictional department. Quote, the federal government has no business creating Ministry of Truth, Cotton wrote. Quote, the Department of Homeland Security's disinformation board is unconstitutional and un-American, and I'll be introducing a bill to defund it. You'd love to hear it. Errol Weber, a Republican congressional candidate for in California tweeted, quote, Adolf Hitler had a ministry of truth. Joseph Goebbels had a ministry of truth. Joseph Stalin had a ministry of truth. Long story short, don't trust Joseph's. And Joseph Biden has a ministry of truth. Yeah, don't trust Joseph's. Republican Representative Andrew Clyde of Georgia echoed the sentiment, quote, Biden's dystopian disinformation governance board is seriously dangerous. Wholly unconstitutional. I'm demanding Congress investigates the DHS's Ministry of Truth now, Clyde wrote on Twitter. We have a tweet here. Um, it has everything we just said. Biden's dystopian disinformation governance board is seriously dan dangerous and wholly unconstitutional. I'm demanding Congress investigate DHS's Ministry of Truth. Now we have the tweet here. Let's uh, let's play the clip.
0: Americans simply know the truth. President Biden puts illegal aliens first and Americans last. And the Biden administration is actively working to cover up that truth. Today, we learned that Biden's Department of Homeland Security is creating a disinformation governance board, which will be led by political hack Nina Jankowicz. This is nothing more than a blatant attempt to install a ministry of truth in order to push Biden's propaganda lies, and radical agenda while concealing and censoring the truth about what is really happening at the southern borders. Mr. Speaker, this is seriously dangerous and wholly unconstitutional, which is why I am demanding that Congress immediately investigate.
1: Okay, that's that. Moving on. Quote, The Biden administration just took one more step towards communism. GOP representative Elise Stefanik of New York tweeted, DHS Ministry of Truth is a crackdown on our constitutional rights to free speech. Sorry about that in the background. Uh live kind of close to a military base. One of the planes just took off. Sorry about that. Loud. A lot of helicopters in this area lately. I, I It's something that's been driving me crazy lately, is these outlets say the allegedly confirmed, the supposedly confirmed, the all confirmed, but... It's been confirmed. The laptop and its contents have been confirmed. Uh, Again, I'm going to say most of my final thoughts for the end of this episode. Anyway, and the Wilson Center is completely partisan. It's like uh, Headcount, for example. Headcount is supposed to be this non-partisan get-out-the-vote group but they routinely activate and act... Sorry, they routinely activist on behalf of democratic causes and committees and campaigns. And you also see its money being shared into democratic causes all the fucking time. That's also why this podcast bragged about not accepting their sponsorship. So, fuck off with that Wilson Center nonpartisan bullshit. Though, one thing I will say, because I know this is going to come up in this article before it's over uh nina used to be the singer or is still the singer of this really cringy fucking band called the moaning myrtles it's a harry potter fan band it's just that they were like the baker street babes steam powered giraffe uh chameleon circuit and the off-broadway homestuck genre of music it's just this kind of cringy, fandom-based fucking music you typically make when you're a young college student taking theater, or you're a high school kid who just figured out how to make music on GarageBand and you have nothing else to write about. She's a full-grown woman, and you know what? I will say it. She's not the worst singer. I have heard way worse singing. Uh, there are things you can attack this woman over, and we'll be going into what the things you can attack her about are very shortly. But attacking her over something like that only makes her more likable to people. Think of how many people on the right like Harry Potter, right? There are people on the right who love Harry Potter. I've met them. I, I know a lot of Trump supporters who, who also like Harry Potter. The culture war wouldn't, you th- wouldn't let you think the two can cross over unless there's like a trans person in the room. Then of course, J.K. Rowan's MAGA. But you know, they found out about that. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that. It's kind of a dumb thing to go after it rubbed them the wrong way from their own side of the political aisle. I, I, I don't understand why we go after traits like that. That's like, you know, if I'm running for office and the Democrats wanted to come after me and they and they show me making music, that's like, you know, all the music I used to make That's just various samples put together and edited. You know, nothing original, but originally organized. Uh, it's like them coming after me with that. And it's like, okay, well, you just kind of endeared me to the whole you know to to people it go after people for their policy now if they have a hobby that involves someone like Jeffrey Epstein then yeah always bring that up never live that down till we get answers but I don't give a fuck if they sing I don't give a fuck if they upload cringy musicals and sing-alongs to their fucking tiktoks and social media my question is I don't understand why Joe Biden's administration keeps hiring tiktok and and like old vine stars i have to confirm but i heard he's reaching out to thomas anderson the old fucking vine guy to do some sort of pr committee shit it's weird okay it's weird i don't know why but it's a thing that's happening it may not be happening i have to look into the thomas anderson one i saw that one but it could have been a babylon b article and again anything written by babylon b if you give it a week or two will be confirmed but i'll wrap up this rant don't go after people for their fucking hobbies It makes you look like a dumbass because you're not going after them on the points you need to be going after and attacking them on. And you're also showing something endearing to the people you're trying to turn off from these people. And when you show a bunch of dyed hair, leftist people, a lady singing in a band about progressive Harry Potter characters, you're not going to make her look foolish. You're just going to endear her to the left. And you're going to make people on the right who have some critical thinking be like, what are you doing? Like I'm sitting over here watching that be the thing that everybody talks about, it is, it is vaccinated my blood singing a song. How about the fact she's on Twitter all the time attacking people, constantly saying, Oh that's disinformation? What do you mean the vaccine made no difference? That's disinformation. Blah 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 blah. Oh the laptop? That's not real. Oh, that? That's not real. You should be listening to Fauci. The pandemic's not over. Fauci said what? Well, he's wrong. The pandemic's still going. She's online doing that shit. And you're over here worrying about some sing-along she did in college 10 years ago. Can Can we just focus on the points, on the issues? Running around, trying to find these goofy little embarrassing moments to destroy them over from their past is what the left does. And the right's partaking in that shit. The left will be like, hey, here's that funny tweet joke you made 10 years ago, (laughs) you're fired and your Netflix Netflix special's gone, and now the right's like, here's a cringy video of you from 10 years ago, (laughs) The hope this ends your campaign, when the reason the left goes after the right, based on jokes and shit they posted online 10-15 years ago, It's because they don't have a ground to really attack them on anything and win a substantive battle. So they have to do the embarrassment play. The right has the arguments to win at the end of the day. But they would rather play the left's game. And there's a lot of times when playing the left's hand is a good thing to do. Like for example, when you go out there and you have peaceful protesters and a group of extreme leftists roll up and they start attacking the the peaceful protesters. I have nothing against a right-wing version of that, jumping out and beating the shit out of the people who rolled up to attack the peaceful protesters. I have no problem with that, tit for tat, motherfucker. But when you're doing something like this, it's not on the ground, it's not kinetic, it's just PR and in the arena of Twitter, you gotta play your shit differently. Doing their shit isn't going to win you any favors at all, especially when you're these establish- establishment and well-known version like well-known people on the right, like Jack Posobiec. Jack Posobiec just keeps harping on her singing. It was like, dude, if you follow Jack Posobiec on Twitter, you know how he does. He'll pick a topic and that'll be his thing for 24 to 78 hours, and then he'll be done with it forever. But enough, Randy. Let's get back to this episode. <clears throat> Conservative news outlets have criticized uh, Jackowitz for statements she's made regarding a laptop believed to belong to President's son, Hunter Biden. It's been confirmed. It does belong to Hunter Biden. It was his laptop. And later on, we'll be doing up- an update on that. The guy who ran the laptop store is now suing the government for uh, libel. We'll go into that. Later. An unproven theory she once supported was that the laptop story was part of a disinformation campaign carried out by Russia. Let's let's reread that part. An unproven theory she once supported was the laptop an unproven theory she once supported was a laptop was a story was a story part of a disinformation campaign carried out by Russia. When contacted by Newsweek for comment, a spokesperson for the Department of Homeland Security (DHS) replied with a statement that heightened the new bureau's objectives. Quote: DHS began its work on disinformation several years ago. The department has created the Disinformation Governance Board to ensure this work does not infringe on the fundamental right of free speech and to further protect privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties, the statement read. And the propaganda continues, I'm adding, the propaganda continues for humorous effect. Quote, to provide this protection, the board will coordinate the department's internal activities related to disinformation that poses a threat to Homeland Security, end quote. Newsweek reached out to the White House for comment. And that is the end of this article from Newsweek. Uh, We'll come back back to this article at the end of the episode when I go into some of my final thoughts based on what I'm reading here. But, that brings us to the end of this first article, and we move on to the next. So, needless to say, things are already off to a wonderful start. And now, let's move in to the next article from the New York Post. Disinformation czar. Nina... That is funny. She is called the czar. Remember when uh... Oh, what's his name? John Kerry became the climate czar and everyone was like, why do we have czars in this country? Czars? A czar? Really? Now we just have czars everywhere. But anyway, disinformation czar. Nina Jackowitz... Parents' anger at CRT weaponized for profit. And we just go into the best takes of the century, I tell you. We start off with a clip, and we'll play that right now.
0: Critical race theory has become one of those hot-button issues that uh, the Republicans and and other you know disinformers um, who are engaged in disinformation for profit, frankly, there are plenty of you know media outlets that are making money off of this too have have seized on. And I live in Virginia, uh, and in Loudoun County, that's one of the areas um, where people have really honed in on this topic. Okay. But it's no different than than any of the other hot button issues that, you know, allow disinformation to flourish. It's it's you know, weaponizing people's emotion. Um, and so what I try to tell people to do, and this doesn't solve the problem for us right now, but it is, you know, a broader kind of skill set that I hope everybody takes home with them. When you're looking at stuff on, on the media, whether it's, you know, mainstream media, fringe media, or even social media, if you feel yourself getting really emotional, there's a good chance you're being manipulated, right? Um, it, is, it is meant to drive that emotional interaction in you. So that is something I always try to warn people about, that when you feel that, you know, angst rising in your system, it's good to just take a step back and and think before you share.
1: Critical Okay. Uh, Some actually one grain of truth in there. We'll come back to that, though. President Biden's new disinformation czar dismissed the parents angry about critical race theory being taught to their kids as disinformers, weaponizing the issue for profit. Grifters exist. There are a lot of people who pretend to be on the right, and there are a lot of people on the right who don't have kids, don't really care about this, they don't really know much of the content in it, and even I can't sit here and pretend to be an expert on it, too many people say they are, and they're not. I'm not, Uh, I have what I've gathered from reading up on it, listening to other people talk about it, I think I, I may have a better understanding of what critical race theory is, or critical race applied practices, aka crap, there is literally crap, they're teaching crap to your kids, critical race applied principles or practices, depending on what part of the country you're in, More east coast, principles. Or East Coast, it's practices. But, yeah, um, she's not entirely wrong. I guess this is the bottom line of this. There are people who will whine and talk about CRT in schools all day long. It's a thing that needs to be talked about. It needs to have eyes drawn to it. More people need to actually read up on it to come to an understanding of what it is so they can properly explain how destructive and poisonous this new push in public education really is. It is bringing back racism. Like, it's bringing back racism to a level we haven't seen. A study showed that uh, millennials, right? Or sorry, no, Gen X and uh, late, and, and like the youngest boomers were the least racist population. And then older millennials were, you know, right there with them. But then in the mid 90s, as, uh, as more government and, school, and public schools started to become a thing, more uh, bureaucracy in these public schools, and the No Child Left Behind leading into, um, oh, darn, I can't remember what, or, uh, leading into Common Core, that's what it was, we saw this massive boom of racism across this country. And it has to do a lot with what you see in CRT. For example, CRT, they teach a group of kids, oh, because of your skin tone, you're oppressed. Oh, because of your skin tone, you're the oppressor. Oh, because of your skin tone, you will never be able to do X, Y, or Z. Because if you're a skin tone, you'll always be able to do X, Y, or Z. You're telling a group of kids based on their skin tones what they're capable of. And when you're largely telling white kids that, hey, you're better than everybody else, you're going to see some scary shit, you're, you're manufacturing Charles Manson's right now, you know that, right, you're, you're just mass manufacturing them, and you're also mass manufacturing a bunch of fucking, fucking people of color, POCs, as the left likes to fucking call them, patronizingly, this, this victim mentality that puts them in the survival state at all times when people buy into this nonsense and you see it play on the streets where people you know one group has a superiority complex based on nothing besides their skin tone Well people have this victim class mentality based on nothing more than their skin tone one side, has yet, one side has this inherent belief that they're superior to the other and the other side has this inherent belief that they have to be on their defensive and ready to attack the other side and that's why you see so much increased conflict in the fucking streets it's, there are people weaponizing it for profit, true, but at the same time, they've been weaponizing the public schools against this country for years. They've removed, um, they removed home ecs so kids don't know how to do anything. Yeah, Mike contract, powerhouse of the cell, wonderful, but how do I balance a goddamn checkbook? Also, explain taxes to me properly, you know? They took out civics, so no one knows how the government actually works. Because that used to be a thing; they would teach to you. There was a fifth, there's like a, like a elementary school, or a junior high, and a high school version of civics, and you understood more and more about the government processes and went on. They took that shit out. Look, kids in fourth grade were, re- were reading a couple hundred page McGuffey readers. Now they're reading Brown Bear, Brown Bear in fourth grade. I saw the curriculum that my nephew who's in fourth grade was bringing home. Dude, he's in fourth grade and they're still reading Help Me Be Good Books. What the fuck? What the fuck? Are you serious? I looked at the list. uh, I looked at at the the word list, right? You know, he he brought home a a list of words that he's supposed to read and study. And it's like four words. Night might, shit like that, you know, these, these basic, you know, I-G-H-T's, and I'm just sitting here looking at it, I'm like, this is what you're working on, buddy? Spell, spell, uh, spell light. Motherfucker struggled to spell the word light. He spelled it L-I-T-E, which I told him was right, but, you know, that's only because you look in the fridge and you see all those fucking beer cans. The... The shit that they're putting in schools and the shit they're taking out of school is creating a bunch of paranoid retards. We're going to inherit this country long after the people doing the destruction are safe in their graves. It's in fucking sane. And I hate to give this bitch any credit, but she's kind of right. There are people who will grift on this topic to make money on it. But I will give them some pass. They may be grifting, but at least they're bringing people's attention to the topic. The only downside is they don't fully understand the topic they're grifting on, so they spread a lot of this information about it. Now there are people you can go to uh, for a good understanding of it. For example, uh Hex Sticks and Hammer on YouTube, he has a good video about it, Anomaly. He's good to go to about it. Uh, there's other people I can uh, you know, this is a topic that will come up, and as I do more research, I'll find more about it. Uh, Jimmy Doris got some good videos on it. Uh, Tim Pool's got videos on it. Tim Pool probably, does, probably has like the best explanations of it. Uh, oh, what's her name? Not Sidney Watson. Um, I can't remember her name. She's a doctor on YouTube, and she she also was a teacher, retired. She's got a good series on it. If I can figure out what that is, I'll throw it into the editing of this episode later on. But let's... I've been ranting for a minute. Let's get back into this. <clears throat> President Biden's new disinformation desire dismissed parents angry about critical race theory being taught to their kids as disinformers weaponizing the issue for profit. Nina Jankowicz, the controversial pick for Homeland Security's Orwellian, quote, disinformation governance board, brushed off concerns when asked about the divisive race-focused teaching philosophy while speaking in ohio in october quote critical no this article okay uh nope i had to check this article is from yesterday may may 5th 2022 the video here says may i don't know why that says october but all right moving on quote Critical race theory has become one of those hot-button issues that the Republicans and other disinformers who are engaged in disinformation for profit, frankly, have seized on, she said. Said the lady, who is not running the government board for disinformation to see in the Hunter Biden laptop, is a myth when her boss is the father of Hunter Biden who pays her checks and pays for the government office using our money that she works for sounds like spreading disinformation for profit is her entire fucking existence. Okay, maybe my opinions won't make it to the end of the episode. They might get slipped in more as we go on. I've been trying to get better about that. Be patient with me. She noted <laughs> She noted that she lived in Virginia where Loudoun County which saw throngs of parents angrily speaking up at school boards. Quote, one of the areas where people have really honed in on this topic. Yeah, uh, I have an episode of the podcast that's its not particularly that old. I'm going to divert from this article, and we're going to go to one other article, because she wanted to bring up Loudoun County. Let me tell you. What's going on in Loudoun County? This article, we talked about it on the podcast the day it happened, of last October in 2021. Ashburn, Virginia. Father of Loudoun County girl who was raped. I'm sorry, I'm not going to shy away from it. She was raped by a boy in a dress who was like three grades older than her. Who was allowed to go in the public bathroom because no one wanted to get in involved, and parents and teachers were too weak to be informed before things got bad. Father of a Loudoun County girl who was sexually assaulted at Stonebridge High School filed two motions related to his charge for disorderly conduct. Arising out of the June 22nd school board meeting, Scott's daughter was assaulted in the girls' restroom on May 28th by a 14-year-old boy says he attended the school board meeting looking for answers but during the heat exchange the 48 year old was arrested yes he did not uh, assault anybody he yelled he screamed my daughter was raped you guys are supposed to be watching her where were you guys and unfortunately school board tried to cut his mic and angry dad is very loud and he continues to yell school board, uh, attendees, like, you know, parents and and other people, started cheering him on and agreeing with him. Cue the, uh, monopoly on violence kicking in the door and bludgeoning this man and dragging him out of a school board meeting with his face all busted in. I'll leave a link, the top link of this podcast episode will be a link to my, uh, episode about that topic where the thumbnail of that episode is his face all busted in. That is what's going on in Loudoun County. But we'll get back to this. (laughs) We'll get back to the article about our favorite little disinformer singing her Harry Potter songs. She noted that she lived in Virginia where Loudoun County, which saw throngs of parents angrily speaking up at school boards was one of the areas people really honed in on this topic. Well, yeah, you know, when kids are getting sexually assaulted, it's something that's worth, worth uh, getting in on. And you'll notice uh, with the topic of CRT in Virginia specifically, Glenn Youngkin won on that one topic. And he only ran on that topic for like five months. A lot of parents are against this. And this is something. So, house moms and suburban women in general go hardcore for the Democrat Party on the regular. Don't ask me why. It makes no fucking sense. But they do. This is something that has seen a wide, wide percentage of these strong Democrat voters registering as Republicans for the first time ever. It's over CRT, and CRT—it's moved on past that. It—it it, keeps evolving. There is a critical equity theory. There is also critical uh, equality teaching. There are CRT is a blanket term for so many subgenres of this terrifyingly insane batshit mental lunatic basket case ideology which is now being slipped into common core elements from the federal government to the public schools which are paid for by our dollars it is sickening quote but it's no different than any other hot button issue that have allowed disinformation to flourish Jekowitz insisted without elaborating on how the parents were getting it all wrong quote it's weaponizing people's emotions she insisted that's the entire play from the left every one of their the right will be like we're going to bring back jobs by opening up uh, manufacturing plants here you know we need to have more things made in america and by having more things made in america we'll bring more jobs back to this country i will get america back to work and the left will say something along the lines of listen you don't want to work i don't want to make you work tell you what We'll do a UBI program, Universal Basic, basic Income. Everyone will get a couple grand a month. Y'all stay home. This will totally be sustainable. You know, you guys don't have to work so hard. You know, you guys blow, blow yourselves out for this. You break your bodies down. You die young, blah, 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 when it, it tends to be more of a diet issue. That's something I will give Michelle Obama some credit on. The food became inedible, but at least she tried to make American public schools a little healthier. And you know what? I don't have a problem with public schools... If you are gonna, if they're gonna be draining tax dollars, you might as well at least be giving the kids something healthy for breakfast. Oh no! I thought you were conservative. It's not a conservative issue to want people to be healthy. You know, uh, that was a bipartisan thing. A bipartisan thing. I liked. But the entire platform the left does is uh, they run on weaponized people's emotions. Hey, aren't you mad that you're that, that that you're you're black in America? Aren't you oppressed? Don't you feel like no one no one hears you out, man? Hey, man, just a bunch of people who are always going to try and keep you down. You know what? Go take what you want. It's going to be covered by the store's fucking insurance. Or, oh, man, you guys can't go out and get IDs. You guys shouldn't be troubled to do that. What the fuck? Ugh. Or, these immigrants, no one's illegal. They're just fleeing these dangerous situations and they have nowhere else to go besides across the border here. It's uh, every policy they have is built upon some sort of emotional ploy to get you in on because if you actually thought about any of the logistics of what their policies are, you'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <sighs> but it's no different than any other how about, how about an issue. She insisted without elaborating on how parents were getting it all along because there is no elaboration for that. The singing czar was repeatedly asked about school boards during the speech at the City Club of Cleveland's annual meeting, which was titled Disinformation and Democracy, Civic Discourse and the Digital Age. As she noted, anger at the teaching approached, which critics have called reverse racism, the most divisive in progressive Loudoun County and neighboring areas in Virginia. It's not progressive anymore. The backlash was credited by many for the shock, uh, for the shock election of Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin, who immediately banned critical race theory in public schools, calling it racially divisive. Quote all of the principles of critical race theory, the fundamental building blocks of actually accusing one group of being oppressors and the other of being oppressed, of actually burdening children today for sins of the past, for teaching our children to judge one another based on color of their skin, yes, that does exist in Virginia schools today he said at the time. Jankiewicz has faced escalating criticism for being picked as the head of the new board that critics have dubbed the Ministry of Truth after the all-watching government agency in Orwell's in 1984. On a Wednesday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas insisted he was unaware that Jankiewicz had once called hunter Biden's laptop, first exclusively revealed by the Post, russian disinformation uh you love to see it and that of course is the end of this article that started us off here with the disinformation czar nina Jenkowitz parents anger at crt weaponized it for profit by lee brown published may 5th 2022 and now we go on to the next article now go to the New York Times for our next article. Partisan fight breaks out over new disinformation board. The board, an advisory group with the Department of Homeland Security, has become embroiled in the debate over the government's role in policing online content. By Stephen Lee Myers and Zolan Kano Youngs. May 2nd, 2022, Nina Jankowicz's new book, "Quote: How to Be a Woman Online," wrong, chronicles the vitriol she and other women have faced from trolls and other malign actors. She now, at the ce- she's now at the center of a firestorm of criticism. This time, over her appointment to lead the advisory board of the Department of Homeland Security on the threat of disinformation, the creation of a board announced last week has turned into a partisan fight over disinformation itself, and what role, if any, the government should play or have in policing false and at times toxic and even violent content online. Within hours of the announcement, Republican lawmakers began railing against the board as Orwellian, accusing the Biden administration of creating a ministry of truth to police people's thoughts. Two professors writing an opinion column in the in the Wall Street Journal noted that the apparition for the new Disinformation Governance Board was only, quote, one letter off from KGB, the Soviet Union's secret service. Alejandro N. Mayorkas, the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, has found himself on the defensive in a television interview on CNN on Sunday. He insisted that the new board was a small group, that it had no operational authority or capability and that it would not spy on Americans. Right, but you just like the patriot act, right? Or the NSA. Quote, well, we in the Department of Homeland Security don't monitor American citizens. He lied. I mean he said. Sorry. Sorry. Then again, what's the difference between what's written and what I just fucking said? Really, homeboy? The DHS doesn't spy on its own citizens. You know, I was born at night, and it wasn't last night, I hate to tell you. Mr. Mayorkas' reassurances did little to quell the fear, the underscoring how partisan the debate over disinformation has become. Facing a round of questions about the board on Monday, the White House press secretary Jen Psaki said it represented a, a continuation of work that the Department's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency had begun in 2020. What? Now, that does confuse me a little bit, because here, it said, it represents a continuation of work that the Department of Cybersecurity, Infrastructure Security Agency, had begun in 2020 under the previous administration. However, this other article we had just started with from Newsweek, has right here, towards the end of it. Well, the DHS began its work on disinformation several years ago. The department has created the Disinformation Governance Board to ensure this work does not infringe on the fundamental right of free speech and to further protect privacy. Several years ago, from Newsweek, and just under two years ago according to the New York Times. Now, I'm more inclined to go with the New York Times on this one, despite the New York Times being the old, gray, dimension-ridden lying bitch of news. Its focus is to coordinate the department's response to the potential impacts of disinformation threats, including foreign election influences like Russia's, When I said, old gray lady, dementia line bitch. Its focus is to coordinate the department's response to potential impacts of dis- disinformation threats, including foreign election influences like Russia's in 2016 and again in 2020 efforts by smugglers to encourage migrants to cross the border. An online post that could incite extremist attacks, Ms. Psaki did not elaborate on how the department would define what constituted extremist content online. Bullet points. First off, the Russian influence on the 2016 election was confirmed to be uh, a small band of hired hackers stationed in Russia fucking with election systems looking at the internet here to help Hillary Clinton try to eke out a victory and that failed. Moving on. There wasn't, so, there wasn't any Russian interference in the 2020 elections, as far as I can tell, as far as anyone can really tell. There was a lot of dead people who voted, a lot of signatures recasted on the same ballot about 10, 6 times. There was a, a vote we saw for Kanye West for president, same exact penmanship, and it was on like 22 ballots in one in one county, but that same signature had popped up in numerous other counties. One state, so I'm just not sure I'm supposed to read that. Is it saying that that didn't happen or that did happen? Mr. Mayorkas' reassurance is the little to quell the further. Oh, sorry. Its focus is to coordinate the department's response to potential impacts of disinformation threats, including foreign election influences, like Russia's in 2016 and again in 2020, efforts by smugglers to encourage migrants to cross the border, and online posts that could incite missed attacks. Ms. Pisaki, did not elaborate. She said the board would consider making pu- public its findings on disinformation, although, quote, a lot of this work is really about work that people may not see every day that's ongoing by the Department of Homeland Security. Many of those criticizing the board sourced Ms. Jankowicz's past statements online and off, accusing her of being hostile to conservative viewpoints. They suggested without basis that she would stifle legally protected speech during a partisan She has actively called for silencing people. I'm sorry, New York Times, you are really off the mark here. But then again, even the Washington Post typically are. They suggested, without basis, that she would stifle legally protected speech using a partisan calculus. First off, when she has had public conversations about wanting to delete and shut down conservative speakers online and saying that Twitter needs to start being more conservative, Yeah, I think there's reasons to be concerned and basis to be concerned about her stifling more people in the right talking. She is actively hostile towards people who ask her questions that she's uncomfortable with. The only difference is instead of giggling uncomfortably or making up bullshit like AOC does, she just gets vicious. I'm telling you right now, this government agency is going to get destroyed in the courts, I imagine like just absolutely bent over the dumpster and ass-blasted into oblivion. There's going to be lawsuits, well, there's three lawsuits launched left, right, and center on this exact topic, but this is going nowhere quickly. Two ranking Republicans on the House committees on intelligence and homeland security, Michael R. Turner of Ohio and John Katko of New York, cited recent comments she made about the laptop of Hunter Biden the president's son, and about Elon Musk's bid to purchase Twitter as evidence of the bias. Ms. Jakowitz, 33, has suggested in her book and in public statements that, that condescending and misogynistic comments online can prelude violence and other unlawful acts online. The kinds of threat the board was created to monitor. Her book cites research into virulent Reactions that prominent women have faced, including Vice President Kamala Harris, after her nomination in 2020. Ms. Jankiewicz has called for social media companies and law enforcement agencies to take stiffer action against online abuse. This is kind of what people are saying though, that they, have, uh, they have concerns about. Such views have prompted warnings that the government should not police content online. It has also motivated Mr. Musk, who has said he wants to purchase Twitter to free its users from erroneous restrictions that, in his views, violate freedom of speech. Quote, I shudder to think about it. If free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms, what would it be like? for the marginalized communities around the world, which are already shouldering so much of this abuse. Oh, Disappropriate amounts of abuse, Ms. Jacobitz told NPR. You know, the thinking man's migraine station. Um, well, if Twitter does become free speech, and it's only adherent to, like, free speech laws here in the U.S., it will give oppressed people in other countries who use Twitter the ability to speak out publicly and freely. And it has built-in, like, IP blocking, so you can, you know, be in a country with access to Twitter and start publicly talking about how dangerous where you are is and live a little longer to tell the tale. So I would say it would actually help people. But, uh, this isn't... This isn't at at all about stopping disinformation. Twitter was the Democrats' battleground that was their station that is where they farmed grew watered and nourished their narratives was on twitter and they have a bunch of people just on twitter who would dogpile on anyone who would speak up against the cathedral the state on any given topic but now with elon musk buying out their privately owned town square you could say or uh, well it was publicly traded but now it's gonna bri- it. you know what i mean when the state lost the town square and the ability to run roughshod over it and silence anybody who speaks out. Uh, essentially what happened is there's a, there's, a, up like this, there's a town square, right? You know, this is, uh, you know, people are singing and dancing and talking and having a good time, right? You know, and then one guy says the the sire's son has a book with pictures of him sleeping with his dead brother's wife. All of a sudden, the king guards run out and they stab and skewer the guy who just talked. They look at everybody else in the, in the town square and say, This did not transpire. You did not see this. And then some rich guy just said, You know what? I'm gonna buy the town square. And now we have his own security guards that will actively protect the people saying whatever they wanna say. And the king's guards are getting really mad that they can't get in there. So now the King's trying to write some new laws that would allow him to just take it back over, should he want to. And it's just not working out real well for him. That may have been a very clumsy explanation. Sorry, everyone. Anyway. But this is why people are worried about her. I like how the New York Times says there was no basis for this concern that she would silencing and taking stiffer actions against conservatives. Also, she calls her social media companies and law enforcement agencies to take stiffer actions against online abuse. There's a black button, quite frankly. Such, uh, I shudder to think about it if free speech absolutists were taking over more platforms. What would it be like for marginalized communities around the world, which are already shouldering so much of the of this abuse and disproportionate amounts of this abuse? Miss Jakowitz told NPR in an interview last week about her new book referring to those who experienced attacks online, especially women and people of color. A tweet she sent using portions of that quote was cited by Mr. Turner and Mr. Katko in their letter to Mayorkas. The note requested, quote, all documents and communications about the creation of the board and Miss Jakowitz's appointments as its executive director, be made public. The board quietly began work about two months ago. Jesus Christ, can we get a fucking consistent timeline here? For the love of God. I was gonna let that go off. The Homeland Security Department, seriously, like two months ago? Now it's two years ago, and the article's seven years ago. The board quietly began work about two months ago. Staffed part time by officials from other other parts of larger departments. The Homeland Security Department made the decision to form its board last year after it completed a study in the summer that recommended establishing a group to review questions of privacy and civil liberty for online content, according to John Cohen, the former acting head of the department's intelligence branch. Now, hypothetically, let's say this was made... Uh, in 2020, under the last administration, right? Under the Trump administration. If this was him, people on the right would be going, Yay! But the time we started thinking about all the shit that's supposed... All these policies, like the vaccine rollout, and all that stuff that was started under Trump, which we now hate and condemn Biden and all the Democrats for doing... But a lot of people would have been celebrating Trump for, for doing it themselves. I just... I don't know. I just ask for a little consistency. And that people need to take into account that... What you may like created by one administration, you may like that administration, like how they use that power. But when somebody you don't like gets in office, they'll have that power. You celebrate it. And you're gonna be mad about it, and you're gonna want it gone. Look at how we treat the look how we treat the electoral college, right? You know, the the Republicans were like, "Oh, fuck the electoral college, abolish it, destroy it." When Obama got it in 2016. but then when Trump got it in 2016, all the Democrats were like, "Fuck you, destroy the electoral college, burn it to the ground." You know, and then when Biden got in, the conservatives were like, "Fuck the Electoral College, burn to the ground." They 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 create a power, and then they get mad when this new institutional tool is used by somebody running the institution that they don't like. But then when somebody they do like is in charge, oh, and the institution's fucking phenomenal again. I hate that. It makes no goddamn sense to me. Quote and making sure that when the department's components are doing that <laughs> analyses. They're operating in a manner consistent with their authorities. Mr. Cohen, who left the administration last month, said in an interview. Mr. Cohen pushed back on claims that the group would be policing language online. Quote, it's not a big room with feeds from Facebook and Twitter popping up, Mr. Cohen said. Quote, it looks at privacy issues, it looks at best practices, and it looks at academic research relating to how disinformation influences the threats environment. And for studying policy questions, the board is then supposed to submit guidance to Homeland Security Secretary for how different agencies should conduct analysis of online content while protecting the civil liberties of America, and how widely the findings of the analysis can be shared. According to a statement released on Monday, the department said the board would monitor disinformation spread by foreign states such as Russia, China, and Iran. It's always got to be Iran. Uh, you know what? New York Times, you and Iran, got a special history. The Some about them having weapons of mass destruction they didn't have in line for the Bush administration to prompt a, 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 a war we didn't need to get involved in. Or am I tripping? No, I'm not. New York Times completely lied about weapons of mass destruction. Ah, those WMDs didn't exist either, huh? Mm, you know, oh, Cold War is still scary. Oh, Iran, still bad guy. Fucking boomers. Or other adversaries, such as transitional criminal organizations and human smuggling organizations. The statement also cited disinformation that can spread during natural disasters like false information about the safety of drinking water during Hurricane Sandy in 2012. Sometimes you just gotta let Darwin do its thing. It's not the first time the Department of Homeland Security has moved to identify disinformation as a threat facing the Homeland. The department joined the FBI in releasing terrorism bulletins warning that falsehoods about the 2020 election and the Capitol riots in January 6, 2021 could embolden domestic extremists. Yeah, that, uh, that was that thing that went around Facebook and Twitter that said, have you been exposed to extremist content? Please report it here. Mr. Mayorkas has defended Ms. Jackowitz, calling her a renowned expert who was, quote, immediately qualified to advise the department on security threats that germinate in fecund atmospheres online at the same time he acknowledged mishandling the announcement of the board made in a simple press statement last week quote i think we probably could have done a better job of communicating what it does and does not do he told cnn Ms. jackowitz has been a familiar commentator on disinformation for years. She has worked for the National Democratic Institute and affiliated with the National Endowment for Democracy that promotes democratic governance abroad, meaning American imperialism, and served as a fellow at the Woodrow Wilson Grown. Fuck Woodrow Wilson, piece of shit. International Center for Scholars in Washington. Fuck Woodrow Wilson. Piece of shit. You know the first the first movie ever watched in the White House was Birth of a Nation where the KKK comes back as the heroes. Woodrow Wilson played that. He brought college enlightenment to the White House. Fuck Woodrow Wilson. As a Fulbright fellow, she worked as an advisor to the Ukraine government. Well, fuck her instantly then to the ukraine government in 2017 her 2020 book how to lose the information war russia fake news and the future of conflict focused on russia's weaponization of information it warned that governments were ill-prepared and ill-equipped to counteract disinformation what the fuck are you talking about you babbling bitch the cold war happened we were constantly out propagandizing them around the world daily daily we've been out propaganda and info war competing with russia basically since the world war Two. you daffy cunt a quote posted on her, yeah we can be we've been competing with russia's fucking propaganda and, and domestic shit here for 50 fucking years you fucking tart i think i think we still got it pretty well a quote posted on her biography on the Wilson Center's website underscores that challenges for those who would fight disinformation. Quote, disinformation is not a partisan problem. It's a democratic one. And it will take cooperation cross-party, cross-sector, cross-government, and cross-border to defeat, it says. And that is the end of this article from the New York Times. Partisan fight breaks out Over new disinformation board. Article by Stephen Lee Myers and Zolan Cano Youngs. All articles, of course, are in the description of this podcast. So, we're here at the end of this morning episode, and I don't know. I just have some thoughts. We used nothing besides well-known establishment uh and mainstream media outlets right they couldn't keep the dates right one said it was, was founded seven years ago one of them said it started two years ago one of them said it started two months ago the amount of disinformation being thrown around is insane and you'll notice How unlike other articles we read, these articles did say anything like, Reported first by Reuters, reported first by The Intercept. No, 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 I went directly to the sources that broke these stories initially. These were all exclusives to these news sources. And none of them kept their shit straight. Isn't it kind of funny that news articles about a government agency designed to be all about stopping the spread of disinformation can't even keep the founding of a government program straight? What the fuck? What kinda of half ass bureau for disinformation are you when all the stories about your found about your your, your founding leader and the organization she works for can't even keep the facts straight. What the fuck? Second off, isn't it convenient that you know, my take on this is this is bureau was only announced about a day and a half after Elon Musk fully took over Twitter. Twitter was where the left ran the narratives. That was their farm. They grew and raised and stocked up their narratives there. You had these all these uh, conservative politicians didn't have check marks. All these uh, Democrat politicians had check marks. Celebrities who spoke in favor of conservatives lost their check marks. Conserv- uh, celebrities who spoke in, for- in favor of the Democrats got check marks. Twitter was prioritizing... And punishing conservative viewpoints. And people who favored conservatives. And awarding people on the left. And through these practices. And shadow bannings. We saw. Well. We saw the left to have a narrative. They maintained that narrative throughout the entire Trump years. And. Twitter fully was on board with it. They were in bed together with the federal state. They were in bed with the deep state. They were in bed with the le- with the legislative state. They were in bed with the media. And everyone in between who could grease the palms of Twitter. It was a very incestuous relationship, and Elon Musk had bought that. Elon Musk probably bought Twitter, looked at the coding threw up down a bottle of jack took the night off came back and said alright let's begin and with Twitter going down and well not even going down it's going into the private sector now they had to create some sort of government board that's going to try and be like oh this is fake news have this taken down and we really can only speculate on how predatory this entire government body is going to be I expect it's going to be extremely predatory It's going to be stalking journalists. It's going to be coming after podcasters like me. It's going to be coming after people like Tim Pool, Crowder, uh, Eliza Ellis, Fitton, Judicial Watch, O'Keefe. It's going to come after all of us. It's going to come after all of us hard. It's going to come after all of us quickly. Now, it could easily be defeated in the courts in a matter of no time, and it will have relatively little to no damage and just be another L on Joe Biden's fucking mantle. But worst case scenario, the thing stays. And it's wrong for a while. And it does a lot of damage. And a lot of people get deplatformed because of this government agency. This woman is completely unfucking hinged unfucking hinged And everyone wants to focus on her singing and not enough about her terrible fucking policy. And history of spreading disinformation and wanting to silence dissenting opinions that don't agree with her. And now about dealing with uh harmful speech online. It's online. You have a block button. Utilize it. You can block people. You can make it so you don't receive notifications from people. You can make it so you don't see their comments. You can make it so they can't count on your shit. You can make it so they can't see your shit. There's a million and one ways you can go about it online. There's even apps that offer you a wider array of creative alternatives to blocking people. You know, and and blocking somebody doesn't affect their free speech. It just says, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. They can still talk about you. They can still say whatever the fuck they want about you. You just won't see it. The only abuse you see online is the abuse online you allow yourself to see. You could just as easily get off Twitter and go to uh, fucking just Google puppy chat board. You'll probably find some chat board full of people talking about their dogs. There's a billion and one wholesome reddit communities you could get involved where it's no politics, a lot of threads, just a lot of boards have policies that say no politics here. Any mention of politics will get you removed. You know. So the only abuse people put up with online is abuse they allow themselves to put up with online. And if you treat online like the joke it is, you're gonna be okay. I still try to act like the internet is 2016 to the best of my abilities. I post edgy jokes. I say funny shit. I get bans all the fucking time, and I treat Twitter like I treat Facebook. I'm just there to have a good time till I'm back in jail. That's how that's how I see. Well, online jail, you know, Twitter bans, Facebook bans, that kind of jail. Clarification. I think this is going to be one big shit show. This lady is going to have a lot more goose and gaffs, and we will be covering them on this podcast as it happens, of course and we'll be here to mock her all along the way and as more and, more and i guarantee you we're gonna find more dirt about this lady and skeletons in her closet as time goes on the administration is freaking the fuck out and i want to leave you with uh you know some hope the government literally just tried it tried to and is creating a government board of truth it's gonna be an entire propaganda arm for the government And why is that a good thing? I'll tell you why it's a good thing. The government's creating a government body to make propaganda. Because if they were winning, the propaganda would not be necessary. You only propagandize the people that are beating you. You don't need to propagandize people you've already crushed. There's no point. You've won. It's a waste of resources. You own them at that point. The fact that they're still working so hard to propagandize every one of us shows that we are winning this. We are seeing the right push back in a way we didn't see and it didn't happen during Trump, which is the craziest thing. Because a lot of what we're seeing now, I figured what happen under Trump. The Daily Wire is through a hundred like two hundred billion at building its own kid programming network. And they're buying all kinds of rights to old like educational PBS shows and other educational networks. On top of that, they're also creating big successful Hollywood blockbusting movies that are pulling in hundreds of millions of dollars they're building their own news outlets so they're building their own banking systems and disney is getting fucked sideways by the conservatives right now over the, in florida they lost their special governance tax and they they lost their, their, their special tax brackets and their special governance ability meaning florida can run all up in that bitch and, and, and dictate what goes on in the happiest place on earth now then then again it's the epcot one so you know it's boring as fuck and if a Cali- if a Republican takes over California, which is starting to look like maybe could happen in 2024 and 2022, maybe in 2022. 2022 looks a little iffy, but 2024 is shaping it to be reobserved potentially. You're gonna see Disneyland fucking do deal with the same shit too. The industry pushback and the counter-tech from the right is really stepping up right now. And I just uh This battle for who's going to win and run the culture war is far from fucking over. And I look forward to covering it right here along you guys. That being said, that will wrap up this rambly episode for the 8 o'clock upload of Inside Four Walls, which will probably be up on YouTube around 10? But that being said, uh, I've been Jim Madison, and I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.